Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wijan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast, Man, Spotify, IR Radio, TuneIn Radio, and now Amazon Music. Great to be on board. Stitcher, of course, still out there. Uh, great to be on board once again with you today. So it's uh, quite a back-and-forth effort. A boring first half. I mean, just brutal. In fact, you could say most of the game was brutal in terms of the penalties, the frustrations, the back-and-forth, the stupid turnovers. And then somehow the Minnesota Vikings pull it off and win 28-27 to over the, well, eh, the Carolina Panthers. Now, they're not that bad, but it's not like Teddy Bridgewater was dazzling today. He really wasn't. Uh, no Christian McCaffrey. He's missed, what, nine games this year or so. It's just, I don't know. And their, their defense was pretty solid, especially in the first half. Made our offense look piss poor, to say the least. Especially right when you get the ball <laughs> to start off the second half. And, yeah, well, things don't work out so well, do they? Yeah, you get defensive touchdowns in favor of the uh, <clears throat> in favor of the Carolina Panthers. A couple of fumble sixes. Jeremy Chin. We got a we got associated with Jeremy Chin today. He, uh, <laughs> a very strong, very solid defensive back for the Carolina Panthers. Multiple. <laughs> I, this is a phenomenon right here. Here's your urban legend just to open things out to the second half of the game. Jeremy Chin recovers two fumbles on two consecutive plays, both for touchdowns. You know, both scampers for touchdowns. Minnesota led 10-7 to after Dan Bailey had a 53-yarder to end the half at the buzzer, and you get the ball back, momentum, everything's going to be okay. And then, yeah, multiple, <laughs> multiple turnovers on back-to-back plays. And 14 points later, it's 21 to 10. It's just great. It's just fantastic. You know, everybody's just feeling great. Then the offense is sputtering like it was most of the first half. And it's just fantastic. But, yeah, it was just a great third quarter for the Minnesota Vikings. But, hey, somehow, some way, the Minnesota Vikings are one of the best offensive teams in the NFL in the fourth quarter, which is the funniest thing because most of us think Kirk Cousins is not being clutched. But, well, I guess he scores points in the fourth quarter, or at least the offense around him does. And once in a while, at least well, once this year, he's led the Vikings to a comeback and a fourth quarter touchdown to, to uh, win the game. He did last year once for the Vikings against the New Orleans Saints. Yep, it's like all the ability is there. It's just a matter of, my goodness, you know, can he actually complete things? Well, he did today. That's the good part, generally speaking. Teddy Bridgewater was super nice to see him today. I uh, had an interception, great play by Eric Kendricks, just kind of reading the play and jumping the jumping the route and getting the interception. Really big-time play by Eric Kendricks, who continues to be an MVP for the Minnesota Vikings this year, even though it's looking more and more like Delvin Cook if we, uh, the season ended today. But I don't know, Kendricks is right there. If you're going to pick a defensive player, he is... It's it's him, for sure. I, I, I gotta say it's Eric Kendricks, for sure. Like, there's just no doubt about it. Kirk Cousins has been close the past couple of weeks, for getting the uh, Targington Award of the Week. Will he get it today? As we'll find out at the end of this segment. Justin Jefferson, big-time game. But uh, Ola B.C. Johnson, see, this is this is what you like to see after <clears throat> having a very frustrating play last week where he got the big first down on, a, on third and long last week. Big moments in that game against the Dallas Cowboys. And he gets flagged for a face mask. And the next thing you know... Vikings end up, you know, the the, the offense, uh, the the play ends up sputtering. It's just a very def- a very frustrating situation with Ola B.C. Johnson there. The type of penalty that's just unacceptable. He follows up with catching all targets coming his way, and he did catch the ball last week, by the way. He he did. Uh, for 74 yards, didn't get in the end zone, but very, very strong performance by Ola B.C. Johnson, or as a lot of people just call him, B.C. Johnson. 
as uh, Adam Thielen, of course, out with COVID yeah, this week. COVID, he was on the COVID reserve or whatever they call it. Yeah, it's just COVID this, COVID that. Tyler Conklin with a five-yard play. Brandon Dillon with his first uh, play, his first catch of his career for a first down, six yards. So lots of tight ends out there. Kyle Rudolph was... <laughs> Kyle Rudolph was utilized quite a bit. So with Adam Thielen out, and back-to-back great games by Adam Thielen, especially last week, bringing in the Targenton Award, uh, the offense was spread around very, 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 very nicely, uh, particularly in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter is what I should say. The third quarter was frustrating beyond belief. Uh, Again, the multiple turnovers, but of course, again, the frustrating moments that just did not work out. Dan Bailey was awesome, and he did get that 53-yarder and, of course, made both of his extra points. One of them was blocked, but, oh, by the way, it was a very close, (laughs) thank God. (laughs) Yeah, that was at the end of the game. Maybe I'm jumping ahead, but, yeah, very close uh, offsides call that went the Vikings' way. So the refs aren't always against us. Maybe they were last week, but not today, thankfully, at least in that moment. (laughs) Colquitt didn't have any touchbacks, but he didn't have any in the 20, but an average of 51 on his three punts. Kind of a weird, weird, just a weird game. Both punters only punted three times. And it felt like the, the game was just kind of, bleh. It just felt like a black game, didn't it, in a lot of ways. Only three punts per team. Isn't that weird? That just tells you there's a lot of turnovers and a lot of weird moments in this game. And, I don't know, this was just an overall strange day. Trey Dye looks good. DJ Wanham getting super close multiple times on some stacks. He did knock away a pass. That was awesome. DJ won a big-time factor, and he also helped block a field goal. Did DJ won a very, very nice game for him. Cam Dantzler, Jeff Gladney. Gladney looks more and more like probably the best cornerback on the roster now. Dantzler's still hanging in there and looking fine. Chris Boyd, well, he got another block in the back on special teams. Another one. He had another block in the back. Can, can you just believe that? And, well, he got burned royally as well on uh, Teddy Bridgewater's touchdown pass. He only got one officially. And yeah, Robbie Anderson's a fast son of a gun. He's actually going to be a really good wide receiver in this league. It sure looks like it. Um, seven targets, four catches, 94 yards, and of course that 41-yard burn on Chris Boyd. Just he you know, made him look bad. It was bad. Um, Boyd looks more and more like, I, I don't know, I guess like Holden Hill. He looks like Holden Hill now, I guess. Remember at the beginning of the year when we were all roasting and toasting Holden Hill because he was getting burned on every other play, it seemed like? When the Vikings secondary looked like absolute garbage. When Danzler was kind of making, you know, he was the best cornerback at the time. Gladney was just kind of just, eh, you know, below average, basically. Looking silly on occasion. Danzler would look great on some plays and look absolutely pathetic on some plays, which I guess you, which is what I guess you would expect in more of an early mid-round pick rookie compared to a first-round pick where maybe you get some early moments where he's not so good, but he's steady. He's kind of a steadying influence and he becomes more and more like a legitimate cornerback, uh, and Jeff Gladney made a big third down play tackle, open field tackle, ball by himself, solo tackle, you get the idea, and uh, it's stopped the uh, stopped the Panthers short on a play that actually was originally called a first down, and luckily Mike Zimmer's challenge was, was uh, <laughs> successful, he had another successful challenge in the game, but uh, then the last one didn't make a whole lot of sense, In the th- it was like Pretty obvious. Yeah, the the second one was a catch. At first, I thought the ball hit the ground first when uh, it was a Justin Jefferson catch. I thought the ball hit the ground first, and maybe I'm just going crazy. 
he was able to bring it in. It was uh, it looked better after I saw the play multiple times after originally. I thought the ball hit the ground. I was like, ah, great. And he's throwing a challenge. It's going to be unsuccessful. And then, oh, okay, I, I guess so. But then it was a close, like, play where clearly the guy had gotten the first down. And you're in a point where you're behind and you need timeouts. I think we'd already used one. Yeah, we, we had already used a timeout because we were panicking about, oh, God, we might get a five-yard penalty. Zimmer does this too much, doesn't he? He does this too much. We might get a, and yes, it would have been a horse crap situation anyway. Like, why are we in the situation anyway where we're taking too long to get the play, the audible off, because it wasn't audible. They were changing the play a little bit. The, the play clock was, was reaching zero. Zimmer calls timeout. So that was the first timeout. And then you get the challenge where, again, it clearly, it was like pretty much plain as day. Like the Panther receiver had gotten a first down on the play. Uh, or was it the running back? I can't remember the exact play, but I know it was obvious. He was like probably about a half a yard over the line. And Zimmer throws the challenge flag thinking maybe we'll get lucky. And then now you're down to only one timeout. Luckily that didn't come back to burn the Vikings because it sure as hell could have. Sure as hell could have. You're trailing by like, what, 11 points at the time and we're just throwing timeouts away like they're garbage. I don't know, man. I, 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 I guess. I guess. I guess, uh, you know, it's okay. You got Kirk Cousins. He's captain comeback, right? <laughs> 30 points, or excuse me, 30 seconds remaining and trailing by eight. We'll, we'll tie the sucker up. We'll find a way. It's just like, uh, he's just like Russell Wilson. In fact, actually, today was probably the closest you'll ever see Kirk Cousins look like Russell Wilson because he ran for multiple first downs. That's another urban legend. Look at that. Kirk Cousins ran for multiple first downs in today's game. Now, of course, the fumble he had was another situation where he was going forward rather than sliding, and the ball got knocked out. Second time around, well, okay, he didn't get the ball knocked out. He just got there before he got hit. That's good. And, of course, once he hits the ground, if he gets hit, well, there you go. Uh Uh-oh, naughty, naughty. You know, then you get the penalty and all that. Luckily, that didn't happen. Um, One of them, he just looked dominant. I mean, that's the fastest I've ever seen Kirk Cousins run. You can tell there's a little bit of something there sometimes. There, There is some running ability in Kirk Cousins, but I mean, it's just like, finally. He was, he's like the Chad Beebe of running backs where you need eight, he'll give you seven. You need five, he'll give you four. You know, it was always like that. And then all of a sudden today, it's like you need ten, he'll give you twelve. That type of thing. And it was pretty impressive, actually. I, I was shocked to see it. That's uh, that, that was nice. And it was quick decision-making on it, too. Like, okay... I have enough of a hole. I'm just gonna go. And he got 12 yards and 10 yard uh, on first and 10 on one of those plays. It was pretty impressive, actually. So nice to see, nicely done. Other than that stupid fumble early in the game, that put the Vikings in a precarious situation. Thank you very much. That was uh, absolutely devastating. Pardon me. That was uh, early in the second quarter. That was at the beginning of the uh, third quarter. Pardon me. I'm like getting. I'm thinking that my head is just bouncing all over the place, but it was in the third quarter when that actually happened. Uh, that was the first of the two uh, fumble sixes, yes. I don't know why I just said the first quarter. I meant to say the second half, but hopefully you'll forgive me for that. We're all human. Um, but other than that play, Kirk Cousins was fairly sharp in the game. Obviously threw the ball away when he needed to, and then you got, again, that, that speed. You got the quickness. It was pretty exciting. Uh, you actually saw some quickness, almost like Aaron Rodgers for a split second. For a split second in terms of uh, scampering for those first downs when he needed them. Oh, so much. Uh, and thank God Bailey made what he needed to, and thank God in heaven the referees were able to signal a uh, 
offsides call and Bailey's blocked extra point because that extra point won the game. I mean, it, it, that's how crucial those extra points are. And again, you get a little bit closer to make it a little bit easier just in case Bailey had the, had the, the shakes or something on that one because occasionally guys get nervous, obviously. That's, uh, that's just sports for you. Occasionally they choke in those big moments. Looks like another sea of red. It's now the San Francisco 49ers versus the Chiefs. It's the Tampa Bay Bucks here in the background in the first uh, segment, of course. Now that we're back in Nooners, we can see a little bit of the second uh, group of games. Chiefs lead 20-10 to 10 at this moment. Yeah, I don't know. Tampa Bay season is going down the tubes real quick, isn't it? They're going to be 7-5 and five after today's game. You know, it's one thing you lose to the Chiefs. It is what it is. But, I don't know, some of the other losses this year for Tampa are just going to kind of come back and cost them home field advantage and stuff. <laughs> and stuff. It's kind of sad. Pardon me. I got distracted for a minute there. Nice to know we have a kicker we can count on. And, quite frankly, the uh, <laughs> Carolina kicker, Joey, you've got to like that name, Joey, anyway, Joey's sly. He's a very sly guy. He's kind of mean a little bit, too. But, uh, yeah, uh, he's a hell of a kicker. Let's just be honest. He is a hell of a kicker. And, boy, oh, boy, <laughs> we're lucky as hell he missed that 54-yarder. Bridgewater with a beautiful completion down the field after, again, Kirk Cousins with the, one of the more clutch drives of his career. Everybody thought, yeah, forget it. Again, after BB fumbles the kickoff, the Vikings... Get within three after probably the best drive of the game. Absolutely spectacular drive from about, uh, it was about a three to four minute drive down the field. Great job by Kirk Cousins completing passes ultimately to Justin Jefferson in the end zone. Great play. And of course, uh, yeah, and only where Justin Jefferson get in a nice play to Olabisi Johnson also. He was completing passes to Kyle Rudolph this and that. He completed a, a pretty solid first down to Chad Beebe. And again, it's like Chad Beebe's actually getting first downs he looks solid against seven catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown at the end of the day. Chad Beebe, that was on the second drive. That was the big clutch one in that fourth quarter. The, the, well, the, the <laughs> that was the main drive anyway, the big the big clutch one, the second touchdown drive, because there was only two. But uh, we'll take both of them, definitely. But again, Delvin Cook running with some aggressiveness and him returning from what was a... Uh, Scary looking moment again after his fumble. It looked like he had some like a possible knee injury or God knows what. Unfortunately, lower body injury as they say in the NHL. Uh, comes back and he ran for a couple of big plays, a couple of first downs after struggling mightily against this pretty good Carolina run defense, generally speaking. You can pass on Carolina, but the run defense very strong the past few weeks with Dallas and Carolina on Delvin Cook. Uh, Cook looked like he was going to be out for the rest of the year with the way they were. He wasn't putting any pressure on one of his legs. And then he's back out there, and that was good. Uh, being used as a decoy at the beginning, and then eventually ran for some big plays. And one of the, again, like I'm going to say, one of the more one of the more complete and solid drives of the season. Again, Cook uh, being used in the running game. And then the play action started getting going with Justin Jefferson, Chad Beebe, and Ola B.C. Johnson, ultimately the end zone for Justin Jefferson. Two touchdowns in the game, 70 uh, yards. He was targeted 13 times as Justin Jefferson. He did drop one again this week, unfortunately. And again, some of them were throwaways and this and that. But it was big moments and obviously good defensive plays by Carolina here and there. Because their their secondary is decent. They have a decent defense. They do. It's safe to say. <clears throat> it's safe to say. But again, one of the better drives of the year when the Vikings needed it most. Again, trailing by, <laughs> trailing by 11 points after... Joey Sly made a 40-yard field goal 
uh, pretty early in that uh, fourth quarter. Again, Bailey was able to, the Vikings were able to score after that big interception by Eric Hendricks. They only were able to manage a field goal. The offense did absolutely nothing. 25-yarder, big moment there. But uh, luckily, the Vikings able to save themselves at the end of the day. Joey Sly, a 40-yard field goal. So we kind of exchanged a couple of kicks there, a couple of field goals. So we're still down by 11 with about eight minutes remaining in the game. And it's like, boy, oh, boy, but Kirk Cousins keeping things calm, believe it or not, and again, converting big time. A lot of time was used up in those run plays, but it's like, so what? It was enough time at the end of the day. <clears throat> and then Chad Beebe fumbles the punt, calls for a fair catch and just can't bring it in. And it's like everybody, including myself, is like, cut Beebe, I've had enough. He's finally having his best, real his real best game as a Viking. He looks like a legitimate wide receiver out there, like a legitimate third or fourth receiver who could be pretty valuable here and there you know, 60-yard games here and there, and maybe score a touchdown or two here and there. You know, it would be great. <clears throat> and then he does that, and it's like, okay, screw Chad, Beebe. And what happens on the next drive, Beebe makes multiple catches, three catches on the next drive, very, very viable, including the ultimate play to score in the touchdown, uh, to score what would be the game-tying touchdown. And then again, Mr. Dan Bailey, after getting his extra point block, was able to nail the next one. Again, he was closer, and he was just calm and cool and right down the middle. Like, who cares? We won the game, and, well, we didn't win the game. Teddy Bridgewater completed a pretty deep pass down the field, which had us all like, oh, boy. See? Too much time for Teddy. Remember how Paul Allen used to say that all the time? Completion to Curtis Samuel. 35 yards down the field. Yeah, that one. 35 yards down the field. Calm and cool. Curtis Samuel had a pretty good game, didn't he? 72 yards overall and five catches all targets caught at the end of the day. But luckily, Carolina kind of sputtered a bit here and there. Some frustrations for them. <laughs> luckily, the Vikings were able to keep them back, still within decent range for Joey Sly, because he's made 60-yard kicks in his career, and he was nailing them in practice and this and that. 67-yard kicks in practice. I mean, the guy, you could tell he's built like a truck, and he's he's a strong son of a gun, and he's a, he's a bit mean as there were some fights going on after the Vikings blocked one of Joey Sly's kicks. That's why he only made 50% today, because one of them was blocked, and he, well, there was kind of some back-and-forth uh, choice words and some fisticuffs going on after that. But then Joey Sly just hooked that sucker because he put, it, he, he, he put too much strength on it compared to accuracy. There's a fine line between strength and accuracy on your kicks, and it just he overcompromised on the strength, and hook that sucker way too much. It's like you're swinging a little too early in baseball. You're swinging too early, and it's a foul ball. Unfortunately, foul balls in when you're a kicker mean outs, basically. It's the same thing as being out. <laughs> in fact, I'd say it's much worse than getting out, like in baseball. It's a devastating moment for kickers sometimes, especially you're only trailing by one point. You make that kick, the game's over, the uh, Carolina Panthers win. But unfortunately for Joey Sly... Joey Sly, Joey Sly is fly, uh, could not able, uh, was not able to nail that one, unfortunately for him. But uh, fortunately for Minnesota, all of us that are hoping for the draft, this and that, well, we're not going to pick first overall, that's for sure. We're not going to probably pick in the, we might still pick in the top 10. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't know about that. I'm not that worried about it. But 5-6 and six is not a gorgeous record. 4-8 and eight is the gravestone. I mean, there's no way they're going to make the playoffs now. Uh, tombstones for the Carolina, Carolina Panthers. Do they want pepperoni and cheese on this one? Or some mushrooms? Or 
green pep green peppers green olives whatever the heck you want to put on it but whatever they want on their tombstone they're getting one for this season unfortunately yes i'm making a tombstone pizza joke tombstone pizza yeah <laughs> the old commercial what do you want in your tombstone that was a funny commercial about 15 20 years ago maybe even further i i, I think it was in the 90s a long time ago it's hard to believe the 90s are almost yeah like the early 90s or 30 years ago now feeling old yet guys because i sure am feeling old and i know a lot of people listening are older than i am so and all due respect to every one of you what the hell what the hell happened to the raiders oh my god Oof. we'll be talking about that in the next segment oh it's <laughs> another one i'm just oh man another team but i suppose i suppose it's yeah, I suppose. We'll get back to that, too. Ah, uh, uh, We'll get back to that. I think I talked about it on last week's show, but, oh, boy. Mm, that sucks for Cincinnati. Yeah, well, I think you know what I'm talking about there a little bit. This was a, this was a, this was a game that went from really boring, really frustrating, really obnoxious. Like, you just want to shatter the TV screen and wish you could be doing anything else. I mean, you'd rather be doing lawn cleanups in, in the cold, that freezing wind up here in the Twin Cities. Maybe you felt it in Iowa as well, because obviously it's, weather patterns are very large sometimes. So, I don't know, beautiful day out there, just beautiful clear skies earlier in the day, but my God, it was windy. Uh, oh, <laughs> Got some Arctic-looking stratus clouds to kind of take over a little bit in the later stages of the afternoon. It was beautiful during the game, though, just freaking cold because of the wind. Uh, yeah, you'd rather be outside working in that than watching some of that, particularly the first half, but even that third quarter. You were just like, I can't take anymore, but fourth quarter, I guess. You'd think with how good the Vikings have been in the fourth quarter, we'd be like, what? <laughs> what would our record be right now? I mean, like at least 8-3, and 9-2, and two, you know? Isn't that just sad? Instead, we're 5-6. and six. We're 5-6. and six. Ugh. And that's after a game-winning drive. We're 5-6. and six. <laughs> That sucks, doesn't it? Ah, oh, boy. Well, Teddy Bridgewater, again, not very efficient, unfortunately, for him, though that was a nice, pretty throw. He had some pretty moments out there, which Teddy Bridgewater is wont to do. Vikings defense has been better, generally speaking. The run defense has not been good, to be fair as well, though it was adequate today. It was adequate. It had moments, it had bad moments, it had good moments, it had bad moments. I don't even know where to go with it. The secondary got burned pretty good a bit by, again, Robbie Anderson. Again, that was a big play on our new friend, uh, Mr. Boyd, Chris Boyd. And uh, Chris Jones was kind of yucking it up and getting kind of cocky as well on a player too, which I'm not sure why that would be. I, I I don't know about that guy, Chris Jones. He's still here. I don't know what he's so happy about at the end of the day. He got one play. Good for him. No, he got one tackle anyway in the game, but I suppose, yeah, whatever. Eric Wilson, big, big game, I thought, again, generally speaking. And, uh, well, it's funny how the Vikings didn't get any sacks. Bridgewater got rid of the ball nicely. Zero sacks in the game. Several pressures. And, again, DJ Wanham did get the punt block, and he did deflect a pass as well. Good job, DJ Wanham. He's a good player. Nice, nice rookie player. And Troy Dye is getting better and better as well. Exciting uh, linebacker for the Vikings. Nice. Uh, we're more set at linebacker than we thought. Yep. I'd rather have either one of those guys than pay Anthony Barr $13 million next year. But apparently, if the Vikings did cut him, there'd be a ton of uh, dead cap. So we're kind of in trouble right now. We'd have to be able to trade him 
in order to clear that up, I guess. So we'll see what happens in the offseason. Fran Tarkington Award for this episode is Kirk Cousins. Captain Kirk gets his, I think it's his second of the year. It's got to be at least his second. Uh, Captain Kirk, well, I guess that's his name. He's better than Kirk Heinrich, I suppose, for the Chicago Bulls, that former point guard, that nerdy-looking dude. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, people made fun of uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Luck looking all geeky. Yeah, while well, he's throwing 40 touchdown passes and kicking your butt. Some some geek, right? Some geek. <laughs> he's kicking your butt anyway, if he's a geek or not. But uh, Kirk Cousins, good game. Pizza Ranch, Kirk Cousins. Good overall game. Did not throw an interception. He did have that crappy fumble. That ended up uh, derailing things temporarily. Solid quarterback rating, passing completions about 72%. He got sacked twice and blah, 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 blah. Uh, the Christian Toronto Memorial is going to go to Chris Boyd. Again, he got burned pretty bad. It's another penalty. I don't know. Come on, Chris. I'm counting on you, Chris. We're counting on you. We'd like to see him step up because we know the talent's there. Now he's starting to make stinking mistakes and he's starting to fall apart a little bit out there. Hopefully you can kind of get it back together, because Mike Hughes can't freaking stay healthy. I mean, frick, screw Mike Hughes. He can't stay healthy. He's looking more and more like a bust, and it's sad. It's a bummer. Obviously, the other players are not here anymore. Xavier Rhodes, and I don't know. I don't even want to go there anymore. Let's try not to. Let's try to move on. The, the one I'm saddest about was um, Mackenzie Alexander, because he was still super young, wasn't he? So, imagine Mackenzie Alexander with Dantzler and Gladney. Wouldn't that be nice? And you could just forget about Mike Hughes and maybe have uh, James Daniels or something instead. Wouldn't that have been nice? You have James Daniels as a guard instead of maybe Dozier or something. And, of course, Cleveland's been out the last couple of weeks. So that's been a frustration as well. It's unfortunate. And it's kind of like, what the hell can you do? You know, you put, you, you, you put Brett Jones back in there. He's been the right guard the past couple of weeks with no Cleveland. That's not been uh, necessarily a good thing. But uh, Jones has held up his own, I thought. Because uh, obviously his NFL life is at stake at this point. Poor guy getting cut and re-signed and cut and re-signed. But well, <laughs> welcome to the NFL, right? So there you go. That should wrap up this first segment. Fun to talk about. Generally speaking, just an overall annoying game that the Vikings end up winning. And we'll see how much that means in the next couple of weeks. With that said, we'll take a quick break. Look around the league and preview the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hmm. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, time to look around the league. And of course, the NFC North, we got two of them flashing here. As per tradition, NBC Sunday Night Football, segment number two and three, Packers versus Bears. So there you go, firsthand. And the Detroit Lions played on Thursday. We'll talk about that as well. And well, it was not a good day for the Detroit Lions. And of course, Matt Patricia and Quinn both fired, the general manager fired on Friday. So that's just kind of how that goes on Saturday, actually. Uh, that's just how it goes. And <laughs> I mean, Detroit, it was kind of all a matter of time. In fact, you could argue within the first couple of weeks of Matt Patricia's tenure with Detroit, people were already talking about, hey, it's not going to work out. He's the wrong choice and he's going to wind up getting fired. And well, that's kind of what it led to. There's a couple of semi-good moments here and there. Of course, we'll preview the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Not a whole lot of history between the two teams. Only six games 
so far, and we'll be able to talk about that coming up. We'll figure out how what our record really was against the Jaguars. You'll be somewhat surprised, I'm sure. <laughs> and, well, <clears throat> they're a mess of a team. They were super good in the early days, that's for damn sure. Houston versus Detroit. Okay, we'll leave that for much later. And then, of course, yeah, Chicago versus the uh, Green Bay Packers flashing on the screen right now. Mitchell Trubisky's back. Aaron Rodgers is back. Nobody's getting fired as of this moment. The other the other Thanksgiving Day game, the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys. Seems like these two teams play each other extremely often on Thanksgiving Day. Dallas and Detroit always host these games. Washington always seems to find their way on Thanksgiving versus Detroit or Dallas. And the Washington Golden Gophers, Washington football team, Washington Red Tails or Washington Redskins, whatever you want to call them, Play against the Dallas Cowboys team that played super good against the Vikings made us look kind of bad, especially that Dallas defense made us look like dummies. And also the running game just tore right through the Vikings front seven. On a frust- uh, uh, just frustrating the hell out of us, especially the front four per se. 41-16 to Washington over Dallas. Really? Really, Minnesota? Really, you, you played that poorly against this Dallas team? <clears throat> I guess so, and Andy Dalton was the quarterback again. And he was about the Cincinnati Andy Dalton. Cincinnati. Yeah, we'll talk about them in a little bit, too. Well, Ezekiel Elliott didn't get the ball as much because they were trailing by a billion points the whole game. Andy Dalton's quarterback rating was in the mid-80s. And he had an interception and a touchdown. 200 yards. It was just mediocre. Alex Smith, about the same. It's just that, uh, you know, Dallas was such a damn mess. And Washington had some good moments running the ball, especially by the name, a guy by the name of Antonio Gibson. Not Josh Gibson in, uh, okay, I'm getting a mixed up with Josh Jacobs. See, I'm just losing my mind now. Peyton Barber, yeah, what am I, what is this, Peyton Manning or Marion Barber, Washington, Dallas, okay. Yeah, Peyton Barber, <laughs> these names are insane. Antonio Gibson, it's just going to drive a guy crazy. Or sometimes it's a son of a former player or a relative or or they just have a similar name. You know, it's just all over the place. But Antonio Gibson, I know he was a rookie, and he's the first rookie in NFL history to score three touchdowns on Thanksgiving Day. So congratulations, Antonio Gibson. Uh, if somebody somehow, some way, had him as, uh, as their fantasy running back and started him in the game, it's one thing to have him on your roster, but if you didn't start him, well, it doesn't mean anything. He's on the bench, and it gives you zero. Uh, you get zero out of him. If you happen to start him and you just had a good feeling, well, congratulations. You just, wow. You just scored probably like 28 points or something like that. With 100 yards, 6 yards a carry. Wow. Antonio Gibson gets the turkey lurkey. He gets the grand drumstick for uh, the... <laughs> he gets the grand drumstick. There's no doubt about it for the uh, Washington Golden Gophers. And, of course, nice to see Patrick Royce and the Turkey of the Year come back, but it had like a different... Uh, name. It was like T-A-T, something like that. I don't know. It was a Turkey Award something. I don't know. It was something, but it wound up going to Mark Coyle. So, kind of funny how all that turns out. The uh, Golden Gophers athletic director. So, it was kind of Gopher related or Maroon and Gold team related. Yeah, just like uh, Marion Barber was on the uh, Gophers and a guy by the name of Peyton Barber is on the Redskins. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I'm still talking about this game. Nice to see uh, Amari Cooper, though, 112 yards, and he got the only touchdown from Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. And, yeah, I don't know. Washington just put a whooping on him. They, they really did, and it didn't have a whole lot to do with Alex Smith. It was just, they just ran right through the Cowboys, kind of like Delvin Cook sort of did for a moment, but then we gave up a billion yards to Ezekiel, and freaking Pollard didn't even 
see any resistance. He just ran right on through like it was just a jolly old day in the good old uh, Northwest or North North, the jolly old North in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. That's great. <sighs> wow. <laughs> it's kind of funny how that turns out, isn't it? Let's try to get off this one and move forward. Congratulations, Washington. Four and seven. I, if they're in the hunt, I, I maybe. Here's another anomaly. You know, Las Vegas have been playing really well this year. They they had been playing well. They kind of screwed around a little bit. Then they started playing well again. And now, what the hell is this? It's another one of these kind of games. You know, kind of like how the Cowboys jumped up last week. And then they sucked this week. And then the Redskins sucked last week. And they stepped up this week. That You know, isn't that a theme going on in the NFL right now? Kind of like the Vikings half the time this year. Well, kind of. Kind of. Like we stepped up against Green Bay and then... Like, stuck against Dallas. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. You know, stuck against the Cowboys. 43-6. to six. That's right. 43-6 to six Atlanta over the Las Vegas Raiders. 43-6 to six over the Las Vegas Raiders. I can't believe what I'm hearing, man. I mean, are you kidding? What the hell is this? 43-6? to six. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Good job, Vegas. You really, uh... Really, you put all your chips in the basket this time. You put all your chips in on this one. They they made a field goal. Daniel Carlson were 29 yards out because, you know, they just couldn't finish on that drive. It was only 6-3, to three, though. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Atlanta only mustered a couple of field goals in the first quarter. That's all. A couple of field goals for Atlanta. Uh, and then, yeah, things changed. And things just changed, and, and it just got interesting, and... They put together some good drives and them getting the Atlanta Falcons. And Cal Carlson made another field goal. Isn't that great? From 24 yards out because, you know, Vegas just couldn't get that drive going either. They were already down 23-6 to six at that point. And then it was just uh, a crock of dookie, I guess, after that. It all added up to a crock of schmuckers. I don't know, man. Doesn't help. The turnovers don't help. The fumble losses by Josh Jacobs don't help. They couldn't really run the ball anyway because there was they were behind the whole game, kind of like the Vikings were against the Falcons. Brian Hill, Brian Hill, that's right. Brian Hill rushed for 55 yards. Congratulations, 4.2 carry, just like a backup running back, I guess. Somebody called Ito Smith was a bit better. Five yards a carry, five and a half, including a touchdown. Falcons whooping all over the Vegas Raiders. Whooping all over the Vegas Raiders. Three sacks by Atlanta, only one by the Raiders. The Raiders. Wow. I, I I don't know. The Los Angeles. You know, I like to say Los Angeles with kind of a tone, a, a different tone than I say other cities. The Los Angeles Lakers, and I suppose like Dallas Cowboys and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta and Vegas and I don't know. The Los Angeles Chargers. It's because of Chick Hearn. That's what we used to say, the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, that's where I get that from. So if you've been wondering, yeah, it's Los Angeles. I say it the way Chick Hearn says it because I can, and you can't stop it. (laughs) Well, the Buffalo Bills ran, stampeded all over the Chargers, and the the Chargers short-circuited again because that's what they've been doing the last two years. Regardless uh, Regardless who their quarterback is, they have the quarterback of the future in Herbert. Or they have the old-timer uh, Rivers out there. Hard to imagine. I, I still think Rivers is young. That's how weird I am. I still think he's young. I, I, I it feels He feels young to me. I don't know why, but that's what happens when you get old, you know. 27-17, Buffalo beat the Chargers, and they're in first place in the old Patriots division. But on the pa- Patriots and Cardinals, we'll get to that in a little bit. 
Josh Allen another Josh Allen kind of game where he ran a little bit, he threw for some some yards, and he had one turnover, and Justin Herbert a bit better with 316 yards, but he also threw a touchdown and an interception. It's just kind of mediocre quarterback play, but generally speaking, a lot of talent on the defense of Buffalo, and of course, uh, Stefan Diggs has his big moments here and there, but he did not today. Gabriel Davis did, though, 44 yards on a play for a touchdown, this and that. Oh, it kind of is what it is, right? Boy, oh boy, Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa was charging forward against the Buffalo Bills and had three sacks in the game. Good for him. A.J. Klein, a sack and a half. Jerry Hughes sharing with him. Ed Oliver with the other sack. But Buffalo's 8-3 and three now, and they continue to roll in the AFC East. Buffalo's like, oh, the Patriots are finally done. It's our division to be had, and well, go get them, Buffalo. I mean, it's if there's anybody that should win that division... Right now, it should be the Buffalo Bills. <clears throat> the New York Giants, I, somehow, someway, probably because of a really weak schedule when you think of their division, as sucky as it is with teams like Philly and Dallas and, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, Philly and Dallas and what's the, I don't know. <laughs> it's a, just an absolute joke when you look at that division. Philly, Dallas, and Washington. I don't know why I was thinking Washington. I thought I'd already said it. That's why I'm stumbling around. But uh, four and seven. Somehow they've stumbled into four four wins on the season. And Cincinnati just can't beat anybody. They can't beat anybody. They couldn't beat the Gophers right now. And the Gophers aren't even that good. They couldn't beat them right now. Well, maybe they could. The Jets might 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 have a problem with them. Nineteen to seventeen. It's just another bad football type of game. Bad bowl of football here. Nineteen seventeen. Something significant happened that year. Yeah, World War II. I believe it ended that year. So, yeah, that's a long time ago. Yeah, I believe it ended that year. World War One. World War One. What am I saying? World War One. I, I believe, ended that year. Woodrow Wilson and all those guys. Uh, yeah, and their League of Nations they formed right after it, which was not a good thing. I might get on uh, Freedom of Thought someday. That's the other podcast. <laughs> Still waiting for episode two on that one. Got to get that thing going. Cincinnati, though, Brandon Allen was the quarterback because Joe Burrow, ACL, MCL, and other stuff going on. Yeah, did you hear what I just said? ACL, MCL, and other stuff going on. You know what that means. Another Cincinnati number one pick in the draft with another ACL. Oh, Kajana Carter. Uh, a couple years when it came to... Uh, Carson Palmer with the uh, ACL. Of course, he was the first-round pick in 2003. And then, you know, Joe Burrow. And it's just, I remember, there were other great players. There was a Neil Wilkinson. He was just, he, would, he was more of a bust. A defensive tackle that they really had a lot of hopes on. And he never really worked out. Uh, it just goes on forever. Oh, Cincinnati. I feel bad for that franchise. Hopefully, Joe Burrow's legit. He sure looks like it. But he didn't have a lot of great games. And they kept losing. And. I don't know, let's just move on from Cincinnati, New York. I'm not sure a whole lot of people are excited about that right now. Tennessee Titans, the Tennessee Titans defeated the Indianapolis Colts. Pretty cool matchup, actually, considering what the Indianapolis Colts have been able to accomplish generally this year with old Phillip Rivers and a very, very good defense. They actually dropped to 7-4. and Indianapolis drops to 7-4. and Remember, they're one of the teams that whooped up on the Vikings early in the season. And, uh, well, Tennessee is now 8-3, and and they're in first place in the AFC South. They keep rolling and rolling and rolling. Tennessee looks great. 45-26. to 26. Wow. And Indianapolis was trying to mount something of a comeback. To, well, now they're just trying to get some garbage points and have a little more respectable score late in the game. 
trying to kind of get back into it. They didn't really have much of a chance, though. They failed on the two-point conversion, making it 38-26 with only 2.34 remaining. I mean, it's just kind of a lost cause, trying to make the score a little bit prettier and hope for some miracle moments. But then Indianapolis... <clears throat> Excuse me, yeah, after the Indianapolis kickoff, A.J. Brown returned the kickoff for only 42 yards. So, again, that was probably a squid kick that didn't go well, and that was all she wrote. And that's just kind of the story of the game. Tennessee just kind of ran all over these guys, didn't they? They had some big moments. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, had a, yeah, well, he wasn't really out there for a whole lot. Ryan Dennehill, very, very, very efficient. Didn't turn the ball over, didn't put up great numbers, but took care of the ball. Derrick Henry looks like... I don't know, Terrell Davis, something like that. Powerful, powerful guy with a, with a burst when he when, uh, when he wants it most. Whew, man, man alive. Whew. Six and a half yards of carry, 178 yards, three touchdowns. Number one pick in the draft for fantasy, I would think. Naheem Hines, the top running back for the... Oh, uh, boy, Naheem Hines. Huh. Yeah, well, they were behind the whole game anyway, and he averaged about three yards of carry and 29 yards, and... I don't know. looks like uh, some of those old guys out there. A.J. Brown, <laughs> some of those old legendary running backs like Adrian. And, yeah, <laughs> it's just <laughs> the way it goes sometimes. A.J. Brown, 98 yards in the game for Tennessee in the air. Titans are just rolling. They are 8, eight and 4, 8-3, uh, and three, pardon me. And I don't know. They're, they're legit. They are legit, and I think they have a chance to be a team that could go right back to that AFC title game against the Chiefs again. Unfortunately, probably will wind up with the same result with the way things are going. New England Patriots beat Arizona. Arizona back-to-back frustrations, and they're down to 6-5 and five now. Just two weeks ago, they were 6-3. and three. Now they're 6-5. and five. And New England is just like the Vikings, you know? The Vikings and the Patriots have the same record. What do you think of that, huh? Vikings and Patriots have the same record. You know, just as recent as last season, that would have been like, all right, we are legit. Let's roll. Let's do this. Now it's like, oh, that's that's cool, I guess. It sounds nice until you realize it's a different, you know, completely different era. They're okay. Patriots are okay. They played decent. Uh, Kyler Murray had his pass tipped and intercepted at one point. That's kind of put the uh, Arizona Cardinals in a tough position. We saw that and the frustrations and the Patriots ended up being fairly clutch at times, but Cam Newton was awful. I mean, just freaking awful. He looked like garbage the entire game. I mean, he was inaccurate. He was he was turning the ball over. But I mean, even Kyler Murray wasn't real good because that Patriots defense, coached by Bill Belichick, the greatest of all time, the, the true goat, was getting the job done in a big way. Cam Newton was just the worst. This is about the worst game of his life. I mean, 84 yards, and he didn't even get benched because it's like, who else are you going to put in there? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Rudin Tudin, is that going to be your next quarterback? I don't know. I'm just losing it right now, but yeah, it's terrible. I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of stunned that the Patriots won this game when you consider how garbage Cam Newton truly was. But it is what it is. James White, the legendary uh, running back against Atlanta, who uh, won the game, he was actually very solid that entire day. But generally speaking, nothing to brag about from either team in this one, other than defensively, both both of them actually were pretty good at the end of the day. They did a damn good job to the Patriots on Mr. Kyler Murray. This was after, again, McCourty, Devin McCourty was called for a, <laughs> Jason McCourty too there, that's kind of funny. Devin McCourty was called for a pass interference, a key play late, a third down, uh, and a key play in the red zone, I should say. And then next thing you know, Arizona has the ball at the, uh, <laughs> has the ball at the, 
goal line, and then they score. So that was a big moment for them. But Kyler Murray, again, turning the ball over in the big moment later on. And, I don't know, Cam Newton, again, was nothing special. You'd have thunk, with how awful Cam Newton was, a quarterback rating of 23.6, you'd have thunk the Patriots got crushed by Arizona in this game. But, well, Patriots defense stood strong. They looked like the team that won the Super Bowl against the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, Miami versus the New York Jets. Well, not a whole lot of competition there. Second place, Miami Dolphins. Second place, Dolphins. 7-4. and four. New York Jets dropped to 0-11. I think they're going to go 0-16. I think this is going to be your second winless team in NFL history, just like the 2007 Detroit Lions. If I remember correctly, 2007 Detroit Lions, they, they were 0-16. And then they were able to get Matthew Stafford in and, and that draft, and then uh, on they went and got a little bit better, and but never really won a single playoff game. Fitzmagic is in there for now, no Tua. And I don't know. Frank Gore, though, wow, 74 yards on the ground. Good for him. And this is in a game when they were trailing the whole time, but they figured might as well give him the ball. Frank Gore was on Miami last year when Miami was terrible. Ugh, doesn't that just figure? Poor Frank. Poor Frank. Because the Jets last year, they looked kind of promising for a minute there. And, you know, and then the Vikings uh, had a nice, solid win against them. That was our first win ever against the Jets on the road. Ever. That's right. Ever, ever, ever in like 50 plus years against the New York Jets on the road. Ever, ever, ever. And, well, after that, they just kind of snowballed and went down the toilet immediately. Sam Darnold, the usual, multiple interceptions, no touchdowns in the 200 yards. That sounds like Sam Darnold. I mean, I, I can just tell you, 200 yards, multiple interceptions, quarterback rating in the 50s or something like that. Sam Darnold. <laughs> Or maybe three, he got three touchdowns and three interceptions. Yeah, that's Sam Darnold too. Frank Gore, though, 74 yards on the ground. That's really solid. That's like Frank Gore of San Francisco right there. Because he never, like, exploded. He never really dazzled. He was just solid, consistent. And that's why he's one of the greatest of all time. Because, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a star to get in the Hall of Fame necessarily. It's the consistency that can get you there sometimes. The consistency, longevity can get you there too. Uh, Frank Gore's going to get in first ballot. There's no question about it because of his consistency. Uh, good job. You know, the Jets put up some nice numbers in this game, but they managed three points. Three points. Wow. Devontae Parker, 119 yards in the air. Mike Kasicki. Mike Kasicki got the touchdown. He's the only receiver to get a touchdown. Well, no, he's not. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Adam Shahan also seven yards. Seven-yard touchdown in the red zone there. But uh, Ryan Fitzmagic is back out there, leading the club. A pretty solid game by Ryan Fitzpatrick. He didn't get a turnover, because he usually does. He usually gets a couple turnovers as well. That's why he's more of a backup spot starter kind of guy who gets paid very, 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 very well and has made a lot of money in his lifetime and uh, kind of traveling throughout the league. He's a traveling man, just like that 50 song. And he has made a lot of money in his life. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him, Ryan Fitzmagic. <laughs> No Tua, and, well, they beat the Jets. Yay, they beat the Jets, because just like 10 other teams did during the course of the season. Cleveland Browns versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's uh, hold off on that, Joey. Hold off on that one. Jacksonville kind of played okay. Gosh, Cleveland's 8-3. That's funny. F funniest game of the... Funniest game maybe of the season. New Orleans and Denver. Wow. The team with no quarterback. They didn't even have a fourth-string quarterback out there. They couldn't even have a guy from the practice squad. It's just one of those kind of situations. I mean, it, it just is. Against the New Orleans Saints. I mean, it's one thing. 
<laughs> Remember what the Saints did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a few weeks back? Yeah. Well, that's how bad the Bucks look. The Bucks look like the Denver Broncos today. How the Broncos win four games this year? But then again, Drew Locke's not that bad of a quarterback. He's okay. To be honest, though, Drew Locke might be nothing better than another Andy Dalton, who's a respectable, solid quarterback, but ain't going to give you a Super Bowl, kind of like a certain guy wearing number eight for the purple. One of those kind of guys. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, when you win your first Monday night game when you're 32 years old, kind of telling. <clears throat> Back to the game, 31-3. to Is there anything else to say? Uh, yeah, there is something else to say. Some guy by the name of Kendall Hilton started a quarterback. He threw for 13 yards and had a zero quarterback rating, and the interceptions he threw were some of the most comical things I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know why he was wearing number three. He's normally number two. Number two would actually work for a quarterback. So why was he wearing 30? I don't know, but he he's a wide receiver who is an undrafted wide receiver who had... Uh, Never caught a pass. Ever caught a pass. And they put him at quarterback because maybe he played some quarterback when he was younger, I I guess. Undrafted free agent. I guess he did. And (laughs) 13 yards. (laughs) 13 yards and two interceptions. (laughs) Taysom Hill, what the flip Saunders is this? I thought Taysom Hill was better than this. And you know what? Denver's defense is respectable. Wow, certain former running back for Minnesota. Holy smuckers. I don't think Taysom Hill's a starting quarterback, even though you can do a lot of cutesy, fun things with him. This is pretty schmucky. This is pretty crappy. I'm trying not to swear here all over the place. I could have said about six swear words there. This is terrible, man. <laughs> what a joke. 31-3 <laughs> quarterback threw for 13 yards. I think maybe I could luck into that. Maybe a couple of years ago. Right now, probably not. But, uh, <laughs> A couple of years ago when I was in a little better shape and maybe my throwing arm was kind of had something going on, I might be able to luck into 20 yards. Maybe. <sighs> Kendall Hilton. <laughs> no, he was wearing number two. No, he was wearing 30. That's so confusing. Why, why wear 30? That didn't make any sense. Maybe I'm just mixed up and confused, but he was just, yeah. Why was he wearing 30? Well, that low snap wasn't exactly his fault, but he fielded it about as well as uh, that yet stupid shortstop the Twins had a few years. Second baseman, part of me, that couldn't field for his life, and yet we paid a billion dollars for him. That was about 10 years ago. I don't even remember the guy's name anymore because I don't care. <laughs> he sucks so bad. Latavius Murray ran all over those Denver Broncos, even though their defense is respectable sometimes. Latavius Murray, not Elvin Kamara. Taysom Hill did run for 44 yards and he scampered in for two touchdowns. That's where you can get cute a bit with Taysom Hill, but as a passer, he's okay. At times, he wasn't good in this game. He was awful, too. This is just garbage, but four rushing touchdowns. Latavius Murray, fantasy phenom today. Hope you started him if you just happen to have him as your fourth running back because he's, kind of he's kind of a second guy out there usually, like a third down running back, but obviously a valuable guy. Two touchdowns in the game for him. Taysom Hill, a couple touchdowns, so you probably did fine if you put him in as your fantasy quarterback if your lineup was depleted and all that and, you know, guys are on the bye and all that. You probably got super lucky. Maybe yeah, maybe you're a big Saints fan and you had both of those guys on your roster hoping for the best against a Denver team with no quarterback and that was funny. It's because of COVID-19. It was like COVID-19, COVID-19, COVID, this guy's out, this guy's out with COVID-19 and maybe someone else is hurt. And the Broncos refused to forfeit, which I don't blame them. I wouldn't forfeit either. It's just that 
Ooh, boy, I feel, <laughs> as a Denver Broncos fan, though, I can imagine their phone calls saying, how dare they ask people to watch this garbage, blah, 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 blah. I can imagine their fan line, because I'm sure every team has one. It was uh, one hurting puppy, I'm sure. Let's move on. San Francisco, Los Angeles Rams. Just last year, this is a pretty important game uh, between these teams. San Francisco still stuck in fourth place, and they have the same record as the Vikings. The 49ers and the Patriots both have the same record as the Vikings. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that would have been cool just a year ago, wouldn't it? Even just a year ago. San Francisco was the number one seed in the NFC New England was way up there, second place in the AFC, if they didn't kind of choke it away the way they did, but they kind of did. Nick Mullins, oh, it's just getting worse and worse, isn't it? Yeah, can't even get Garoppolo in there. Jared Goff, who uh, Brady didn't even shake his hand, and he had an awful game. What's going on out here? Mostart came back. Uh, he was kind of banged up. He was playing hurt a bit. Jared McKinnon, well, he managed seven yards of carry. He only ran the ball three times. Kind of sounds familiar. What a weird game. Cam Akers, though, really solid. He was the he was kind of pretty much the star for the Rams, only running the ball nine times, but uh, had that scamper, 61-yard scamper that really helped, and Robert Woods also a couple moments. But generally speaking, golf was awful, and Nick Mullins was awful. And the 49ers end up winning the game and jumping to tw uh, five and six. And this is after the Rams had a pretty good whooping on the Tampa Bay Bucks just a week ago, following up with a trap game at home against the last-place 49ers. Well, well, well. Ain't that the NFL? Well, 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 ain't that the NFL? <laughs> yes, it is. Bucks versus Kansas City Chiefs. Bucks were getting smoked most of the game. Brady generally looks sharp, but then he'd underthrow a pass, get picked off, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it's sad. It's, it's a bummer. I love Brady. I know 90% of you hate him. I don't care. I love Brady. I'll keep saying it. I, uh, uh, and I can just imagine all the Brady haters complaining when Brady got multiple uh, roughing the passer calls going his direction during that final drive that also, you know, the, the, got the Patriots in the end zone and within three points after they were trailing by quite a bit. Patrick Mahomes on the previous drive, you know, got just, he got slapped on the side of the helmet and it wasn't even that hard by uh, Pierre Paul and he's all banging on his thing. Like, banging. He, he was hitting his helmet harder when he was showing the ref, hey, I got hit, I got hit right here. He was he was banging his helmet harder than he got hit, and he got the call as well that helped <laughs> helped the Kansas City Chiefs in a big way. I don't know. It's it's annoying. It's a pain in the butt. Oh my God, Tyreek Hill. Fantasy craziness. If you know, some of you out there, some of you Chiefs fans, or just random fantasy fans that love uh, Tyreek Hill. Oh my lord, did he have a hell of a game. And it was highlight after highlight after highlight after highlight in this game for Tyreek Hill. My goodness, he had 13 catches, 269 yards, 3 touchdowns. You just don't get much better than that. That's like Adrian Peterson versus the, uh, I almost call them the LA Chargers, San Diego Chargers years ago. In the, uh, in the Metrodome 2007 rookie year. Oh, Tyreek Hill. Oh, I mean, it was just play after play. And it's kind of like... You know how Justin Jefferson makes the catch and he can and he did a backflip, did Tyreek Hill in one of his touchdowns? That was something else. <laughs> Seeing the highlight there. But uh, what an amazing, amazing game for Tyreek Hill. Oh, Justin Jefferson also is so good at those catches where he can he can get around people. Like that was one thing Randy Moss wasn't necessarily great at unless he was in stride. Then forget about it. Against the Cowboys it happened. And it's crazy to think that actually at this stage of the season 
compared to Randy Moss in 98 at this stage in the season. It was 10 games in. Randy Moss had less yards and less catches than uh, Justin Jefferson. That's one of the darndest things I ever heard. Talk about an urban legend. Because we all know who Randy Moss was in 1998. <laughs> we all know who Randy Moss was in 1998. The greatest rookie of all time, I'd have to say, ever. Uh, but no, that's, that's what kind of made me think about a bit of that. Adrian Peterson and Randy Moss, and then, of course, Justin Jefferson, as spectacular as he is for Minnesota. What an amazing game by Tyreek Hill. And every, obviously, everybody's heard of him, but you don't usually think of games like this out of Tyreek Hill. That is uh, some historic stuff. Rob Gronkowski going classic Rob Gronkowski in this game. 106 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but a couple of huge plays. Mike Evans was big time at moments in the game, but a lot of the plays were... Unfortunately, some of the inaccuracy from Brady, and he was well covered at times as Mike Evans, and of course some throwaways from Tom Brady, because that's what Tom Brady's want to do to avoid the sacks, because he doesn't have mobility. Moments like that, Ronald Jones solid in the game, considering what he was able to do in only nine rushes, 66 yards. That's pretty amazing, actually. Very amazing. Uh, but this time, Tom Brady shook Pat Mahomes' hand, so we can all relax now. So sorry that Brady didn't shake Jared Goff's hand at the end of last week. I'm so sorry that offended the whole planet. He, he should have, yes, but maybe just, I don't know, maybe, just maybe, something got under Brady's skin about that one. And I don't blame him, I guess, at the end of the day. It is what it is. The interception sucked by Brady. It's just a freaking shame, but uh, Kansas City's probably going to go back-to-back unless Pittsburgh has something to say about it, I guess, because I don't see anybody in the NFC winning the Super Bowl this year. Maybe the Saints... If uh, Drew Brees survives long enough to to get there, we'll see. <laughs> Poor guy. But when he's, yeah, when, when Brees is on, he's amazing. Maybe we'll get last year's prediction, Chiefs versus uh, Saints. That's what I predicted in the preseason before last year. So you got Green Bay, San Francisco. No, Green Bay, Chicago. What am I talking about? Green Bay's leading 6-3 to three at the moment. And now it's 12-3, to 13-3. No surprise there. An empty and windy Lambeau Field. So, of course, obviously that cold, freezing cold wind is, uh, yeah, blowing pretty hard there in Lambeau Field as well. Again, nobody in the stands. Same same old crap, depressing crap right there. 13-3. to Packers lead the Bears. Big shocker. Bears maybe will muster. I don't think the Bears will get to 13 points. I think the Packers just... I think the I think Wayne Larravee is going to say there is your dagger at the end of the second the end of the first quarter, and there is your dagger because <laughs> Chicago ain't going to score thirteen. Well, maybe they will for Lavelli Neal's for Lavelli Neal's uh, uh, sake, and of course Dylan Richardson's. I hope they do. I'd rather see the Bears win than the Packers. Philly, Seattle, manana. That would be Monday tomorrow. I mean, when I say manana is in tomorrow. Lunes is Monday. And then Tuesday. Tuesday night football, number three. Minnesota and Detroit was the first ever. Or no, it was Minnesota-Philadelphia in Detroit, right? Way back, well, a while ago, during the 2010 season when the Metrodome collapsed. Or at least the roof did, anyway. It really did collapse when they uh, they blew it up. At least the side of it. <coughs> to to uh, <laughs> expedite the, uh, the uh, teardown of that building. Unfortunately, the demolition of it. Baltimore-Pittsburgh moving to Tuesday night, COVID-related once again. But hey, at least they're getting every game in, even the stinky Denver one. At least they played it. At least they played the game. Oh, Denver. Well, they weren't going to beat the Saints anyway. They are probably like hell with it, even with Taysom Hill at quarterback. 
Yeah, I mean, they still managed to score 31 points, but I suppose those crappy interceptions and field position and stuff helped the Saints' cause. Pittsburgh versus Baltimore, and uh, Lamar Jackson might not even play in that game, which we'll see what happens. We might get RG3 making his return finally. That was the guy that was the starting quarterback over Kirk Cousins in Washington. They took both of them in the same draft. Kirk Cousins was taken in, what, the third round to be the potential backup. RG3 was taken, like, what, second overall in hopes of being a legendary franchise quarterback for Washington, which uh, I don't know if Washington's had a legendary franchise quarterback Oh, very often. They're kind of like the Bears that way, aren't they? But they, but they, at least they won Super Bowls. Doug Williams is pretty damn awesome, though, back in the day when they got the, when they won the Super Bowl in 1987, at the very least, uh, beating the Vikings in the NFC Championship game and crushing Denver after that. Pittsburgh's undefeated. Baltimore is 6-4. and four. We're happy for them. Baltimore, big drop-off after a huge start to the season at 6-2. and two. They look like crap now, don't they? Mm-mm-mm. Green Bay and, yeah, Green Bay's winning 13-3. We're happy for him. Detroit-Houston, NFC North roundup. And, well, obviously a very significant game, even though it was an ugly score. 41-25 over the Detroit Red Wings. That would be the Houston Texans. Both teams are 4-7. and seven. Houston's got the tiebreaker over Detroit now. Well, another situation where, say, the Vikings messed around with the Houston Texans and then beat them, and then Bill O'Brien got fired. And Detroit got their butts kicked by a crappy Houston Texans team. And, well, Matt Patricia got fired. And, obviously, their, uh, well, obviously, yeah, their uh, general manager also fired in Detroit. So, they're starting all over again. Starting all over again. It's going to be rough, yeah. That's the Detroit theme song every five years or so, isn't it? Jim Caldwell was probably their best coach in forever. Why'd they fire Jim Caldwell? He was actually doing fine. He did a good job. He actually had Detroit like 11-5, and five, and if only they could have gotten past the stinking Cowboys a couple of years ago. They might have they gone far. That was a good team. Yeah, man, man, man. I don't know. That that was a good team, actually. I, I was rooting for them over Dallas, and I sure as hell would have rooted for them over the, the Packers if they survived to the next round there. But, uh, well, they shouldn't have hired Matt Patricia in the first place. It's not, just not a good fit. He was a defensive coach who gave up a billion yards and a billion points in the, you know, in the playoffs the year before. Makes perfect sense, right? Defensive coach who gives up a billion points and a billion yards. Huh. I, I, I guess. Might as well hire Leslie Frazier. Oh, wait. No, Frazier was actually better than that guy. And that's saying something. Hall of Fame watch, Adrian Peterson, 55 yards on the ground. Only 3.7 a carry, but I suppose that's good enough. And two touchdowns for Adrian Peterson. Trying to move up the charts in the touchdown category as well. Good for him, Adrian Peterson. But obviously, that's all Adrian cares about. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what Adrian cares about is his stats and his his numbers here and there rather than actually winning the game, which the uh, Lions didn't. Matt Patricia, well, that's one of his last major signings was Adrian Peterson right before the season. and Well, he didn't sign him. The GM did. But uh, obviously, Patricia and him worked together on that one, I'm sure. If uh, that's possible. But uh, let's look at Jacksonville. The Jaguars versus the Browns. Vince Germano's Cleveland Browns are eight and three. Second place in the AFC North. They're ahead of the uh they're ahead they're ahead of the old Browns. How often has that happened? Good job, Cleveland. You're ahead of the old Browns now. Six and four. Maybe they'll be six and five tomorrow. Two games behind the Browns if they lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers tomorrow. 
one and five Jacksonville Jaguars. Cleveland wins 27-25. Jacksonville's hung in there against multiple teams, so watch out Minnesota. Another trap game. Baker Mayfield had his best game in like two years, you know, at least a month or so, a couple months. Nick Chubbs just ran all over those suckers, as did former Chief Kareem Hunt. 62 yards, 144 for Nick Chubb and a touchdown. Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. No wonder. No wonder Jacksonville played well. Mike Glennon's not a great quarterback, but he's okay. He's kind of, he's another one of those guys like Fitzpatrick who's kind of held his own and they got James Hollywood Robinson running all over the field as well. I think the, the running back position is making a major comeback in the NFL. You know how they kept talking about this is a quarterback's league, this is a quarterback's league, this is a quarterback's league. Well, how many teams in the NFL don't have good quarterbacks? I mean, hello, it's all over the league, right? Or guys that are kind of reliable and kind of not, like the Kirk Cousins of the world, Andy Dalton's of the world. Yeah, well, Jarvis Landry put up spectacular numbers <laughs> with Baker Mayfield. That that helped, and you have a guy like Landry, even without uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who's just a clown anyway, in my opinion. A really talented clown, but a clown. Uh, Landry, much more respectable. 143 yards and a touchdown. I love Jarvis Landry. Just, <laughs> I love that guy. And Kareem Hunt, you know, hey, hey, he's making, he's, he's doing, he's playing well anyway. I won't say he's off the field stuff. At least he's staying out of trouble for now and hope he continues to do that. It's too bad what happened. Obviously, all respect to those involved in that one, unfortunately. Jacksonville Jaguars, though, generally speaking, if Mike Glennon's the quarterback, hey, at least you got something there. I mean, it's a weird team. <laughs> Jacksonville's just weird. James Hollywood Robinson, I just call him that because they form a Timberwolf. Obviously an interesting name. He's had a pretty good season, 762 yards before before today's game, so that puts him just under 900 on the year. And, and seven touchdowns. That's actually pretty respectable. Born on August 9th, 1998, undrafted undrafted. One of those kind of guys. I like that. And he's just a rookie, too. Good good start to a career. Just a rookie. And he's actually got 249 yards receiving before today's game. So, that's going to be an interesting guy to, to watch. I mean, that's nice. They got rid of Fournier, and you bring in this undrafted free agent. Fournier, yeah, they got rid of Fournier. He went on to the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. He just, uh, you know, he moved south a bit to Tampa, Florida versus uh, Jackson, Jacksonville, which is kind of on the panhandle. It's a bit more, bit more uh, redneck up there, a little bit, I would say so. Gee, I mean, just Jacksonville sounds redneck, doesn't it? Jacksonville, Florida. So, <laughs> I love guys like this that can just, you know, they can survive. And yeah, he had 31 yards receiving. James Robinson, what a nice story. Isn't that cool? About 900 yards. Again, 31 more yards receiving, almost 300 yards receiving on the season. He's a hell of a player, actually. When you when you sit down and analyze that, he's a hell of a player. He just keeps showing up and showing up and showing up every week. That's awesome. So I uh, hope he doesn't run all over us, and I think he's the biggest threat in the game. It ain't going to be the quarterback. Mike Lennon's respectable. He's solid. He doesn't make mistakes. He's a smart veteran, probably really old by now, right? Quarterback who we haven't really heard of much anymore. Yep, there's that old shaved head again. Oh, well, he's born in '89. He's not that old, but he's he's old. <laughs> he's 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 older, but he's not that old. He's actually a year younger than Kirk Cousins. Feels like he's been in the league forever, but not really. Yep, I definitely remember him as the Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback off and on. But yeah, he's he's not bad. He's not spectacular, but he might as well be the quarterback of the Jaguars now. It's his first game since playing only two games last year for Las Vegas. When uh, 
Carr was terrible and got hurt and this and that, but very good, solid quarterback rating throughout his career. First couple of years of Tampa was in the 80s, which isn't that good, but then he had some strong moments here and there when he's kind of like a spot starter. He has those good games, and if he's the quarterback next week versus Jake Luton or Gardner Minshew, I think he'll have a good. I think he'll have a good game against Minnesota. Honestly, uh, history between Minnesota, Jacksonville. Minnesota leads the series five to one, five to one. Pretty cool. Dating back to '98, the first time he played the Jaguars, fifty to ten. Re- remember that game? That was the first time he played the Jaguars. I didn't even realize it at the time. Remember when the Vikings just rolled over that team like it was just a mockery? It was, I believe, a Sunday night game, if I remember correctly. That was fun. It was a fun freaking game. I think that was our that was our 14th win. Yep, 14-1. and one. Gary Anderson made a 53-yarder in the game, and that was in the second quarter. It was only 6 nothing. Little did we know the Vikings were on their way to 50 freaking points. Oh, what a night. What a night. Jonathan Quinn was the quarterback? Oh, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he was uh, nothing special. Cunningham threw for three touchdowns and 210 yards, and Brad Johnson came in because it was just such a blowout. I remember that. And uh, Brad Johnson was very solid in that game. His thumb had had healed, and he broke his thumb against the uh, St. Louis Rams. And that one, Robert Smith ran for 100 yards. Fred Taylor. Remember Fred Taylor? He was their franchise running back in those early days. He was really good. And he believe he, I believe he got a Super Bowl ring with the Patriots a couple of years later. I think the Patriots' second straight Super Bowl, something like that. Or maybe the one where they beat the Eagles. But uh, hell of a run. I remember him when he was a big-time rookie coming in to join uh, uh, Mark Brunel. Yeah, Mark Brunel was... Uh, this is when he was... Couldn't have been... It was the year, yeah, the year before was when he was recovering from an ACL. It must have been something else. Uh, I can't remember. It doesn't matter now. It's only, it's only 20, 22 years ago, that's all. So, I don't know, sorry my memory isn't perfect on that one. <laughs> but generally speaking, what a fun night. I, mean, I remember this, though. Just an absolute mockery. Just fun, 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 fun. I don't think this is the one where, I hope this wasn't when Dwayne Rudd did the taunting. That was against Chicago during that year, I remember. Yep, so we have a couple of 98ers the last couple of weeks, and I talked about the Bears when the Vikings torched the Bears in 98, and Dwayne Rudd had recovered a fumble and was taunting the Bears right before the goal line, like, come, 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 get me, come, come, nope, sorry, and then stepped in the end zone just to show off. Uh, second game the Vikings ever played against the Jaguars wasn't until 2001, 33-3 on December 23rd, 2001. What major historic event took place the next morning? Anybody? 33-3. to three. Very, very frustrating season. The whole fan was, uh, the whole fan base was clamoring for the firing of the unpopular and frustrated Dennis Green. Obviously, Randy Moss said, the play what I want to play moment, and Dennis Green said, I'm not talking about that, basically, because he'd say that about everything. Whenever something wasn't good, Dennis Green didn't want to talk about it. So, fan base was, like, completely done with the guy. And the next morning, the uh, the rumors started rolling around. Dennis Green came on WCCO like he always does, and he said, hey, there's that's all it is, rumors. And until it's proven, that's all it is, rumors. And moments later, it was confirmed by, I forgot the guy's name that left Minnesota and became a, uh, a writer. But, uh, yep, it was confirmed, and on we went. And that was the end of Dennis Green. Other than that, it's been only four games since then. That was 19 years ago. 19 years ago. 
The 2004 Vikings with Culpepper, 27-16 over the Jags. Minnesota in 2008 with Adrian Peterson, 32-12. That was with, I believe, Gus Verona quarterback. When you, and I'm just kind of guessing because it was in the later stages of that season. 30-12 to when the Vikings were playing much better and on their way to a division championship, believe it or not. <laughs> I didn't like that team very much, actually, and I drew a lot of ire from the fan base because that was my first year doing Pearl Mafia, and I was very critical of the 08 Vikings. 2012 Vikings barely beat a pretty mediocre Jacksonville club in, in uh, on September 9th. That was the season opener, I believe. The Vikings had its ups and downs that whole year and still wound up squeaking into the postseason. And then in 2016... Late in the year, when the Vikings were still trying to squeeze into the postseason, we beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville, 25-16. to I remember that was a beautiful day where it looked like September. I still remember doing that show. Boy, I have a good memory sometimes, like crazy good memory. I remember it being just a beautiful, beautiful day in uh, Jacksonville. I remember saying how it looked like a beautiful September day in that game, uh, and, and it kind of was. It was kind of quiet, and the Vikings just kind of rolled to that one. 25-16. You know when the grass has that look in September where it's a little bit drier but still green? That's what it looked like. So it was probably Septemberish weather, you know, Minnesota Septemberish weather in Jacksonville in December, early December. Vikings won that game and kind of hung on to their playoff hopes. I believe it was the next week when we got crushed by Indianapolis and that was pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, Mike Zimmer was on the hot seat before that game, he would have been fired after that, just like Green 33-13 against the Jags when the team literally quit on him. Boy, I'm going long, but a lot to say. Vikings should be able to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's like you never know. Mike Glennon's solid. James Robinson's solid. Their defense has their moments, and sometimes they don't. They just don't win football games. That's why the Vikings should win this one. I mean, put it this way. You lose to a, a 1-10 team at home, even if there's no fans pretty ridiculous. You just have no business losing to them. It'll probably be an annoyingly close game, but the Vikings will end up winning it. Uh, man, that's insane. 120, 159-yard game. Yeah, because you put it all together. Total yards for James Robinson. He's he's the biggest threat in the game. If the Vikings' run defense doesn't show up at all, and James Robinson runs all over us, Jacksonville wins. Plain and simple. But obviously, if the Vikings' offense can be very solid and get an early lead. Maybe they won't be able to use James Robinson as much, hopefully, though they probably will try to as much as, much as possible also in the passing game because you can use him there too. Uh, Vikings come up to an early start, which they rarely do. They'll uh, win the game. Kirk Cousins keeps his hot play and keep going to Justin Jefferson and having some fun. Well, there you go, because obviously you can throw the ball against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you can run the ball against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, look at Cleveland's offense and how up and down they've been all year. Filled with talent. Absolutely filled with talent. Baker Mayfield throws a billion interceptions and has terrible games. And he, he was unbelievable today, actually. 116 off for, for his standards. He was awesome. Chubb, 144. Landry, 143. Pick your poison. Cook, 144. Justin Jefferson, 143. Just uh, think about it that way. Uh, Vikings should have no problem beating this team, honestly. Uh, even though Cleveland's 8-3 and three and the Vikings are, what, 5-6. and six. Cleveland's, Cleveland's had some lucky lucky, <laughs> lucky matchups the past couple of weeks. And good on them for, for taking care of business, though. Vikings did not do that versus Dallas. Vikings didn't do that versus Atlanta. You know, we just didn't. We had Tennessee on the ropes. We had Seattle on the ropes. We had, yeah, well, Vikings should have won a lot more games this year than they did, bottom line. And Jacksonville's 1-10 for a reason. They just don't win. That's all. 
and maybe they want a future quarterback, and I'm sure they'll get one. And they're going to need that guy. Hopefully it's not the next Blake Bortles, because Bortles was really well thought of going into that draft, and it was like three games after that. He's like, oh, God, he sucks. And, yeah, he, he does. He does suck. That's why he's not on the Jaguars anymore. So with that said, Minnesota will beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to score 30 points. It's going to be 31 to 24, something like that. I think James Robinson will be a factor. Vikings defense will frustrate you at times, but I think Minnesota will take an early lead. Jacksonville will have their moments. We'll see what happens, but I do think you're going to get a lot of yards. Century mark for uh, as long as Cook is healthy and doesn't have COVID either. Let's see if hopefully nobody has COVID coming into this one. But uh, Justin Jefferson, as long as he doesn't get COVID, <laughs> I think both of them reach the century mark and the Vikings score 30-plus. I mean, it could be 31-17, to 17, that kind of game. Nice blowout win for Minnesota at the end of the day, but the Vikings do win the game and get to 6-6. Six and six. Take a break, come back for fan interaction before it gets too late. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Looking to wrap this thing up and apologize to Mad Martin, Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland. Uh, he asked me a couple times if I had received the audio. I never did, and I wish I got back to you sooner. I wish I got back to you sooner. I got to him kind of late. I he even asked me on Thanksgiving. He was telling me Happy Thanksgiving. I didn't. I just feel so bad. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I didn't see anything uh, until now, and I, I really apologize. I need to. Sometimes I need to be better about checking the Twitter during the week. I should have, uh, especially on that day. What the hell? It's not like I had anything really to do anyway. I get kind of, on those uh, holidays, you know, there's a lot of lazy moments during those, uh, you know, like Thanksgiving, Christmas days like that, because luckily I don't have to work, which is great. Uh, and if they try to get me to, I'd just say no. <laughs> it's just, you, you, you know the answer, basically, in that situation. Uh, man, I deeply apologize to Mad Martin. I never did receive it. I don't know why. The, uh, he sent an audio. Maybe he can still find it if he's able to still send it, and he can send another one, like a, like a new one as well. Uh, even if it's, you know, if, if an audio is like two or three weeks old, you can still send it. It doesn't matter. It's still very welcome on the show, and uh, people can still hear what you have to say, and of course, an uh, updated one is always welcome also. I deeply apologize for all of that, though. Deeply apologize, and you're very welcome for the uh, back-to-back gold stars, as he's going to mention in a second. Uh, the most recent show was retweeted by Black Space Gaming. Thank you very much. Vince Germano, Lakers Pies Browns, <laughs> Finrock44, Tanae Brown, and Malcolm McSween. Malcolm McSween out of California, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, Vince Germano out of Australia, Black, Black, uh, Black Space Gaming, not sure where, must be local. It's followed by Brave the Wild. He says a Vikings fan, so he's probably local is my guest so pretty cool pretty cool thank you uh for that thank you for the retweet lots of likes as well on the recent episode chris and chris suck yeah they, they kind of do don't they sam gupa also uh like that one who's this one the master cast podcast recommendation that's interesting <laughs> cool hmm, hmm, hmm. thank you thank you for the uh the likes and retweets to all of you there. So Mad Martin, I believe, is the first one. Here we go. He says, Happy Thanksgiving, brother. Hope you got my audio and thanks for the back-to-back gold stars. This Lions game is unwatchable, and it sure is, and that's why Matt Patricia got fired 
No question about that. And I, I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you sooner. Oh, I feel terrible. I feel like a jerk. <laughs> I really do. So my sincere apologies, Matt Martin. He might go back to back to back. We'll see what happens here, the way things are going. He's going to probably get a star one way or another. Uh-huh. So just in case you're a Timberwolves Explosion fan, do check that show out. Timberwolves fan. Timberwolves Explosion. I had to get a new Twitter. It's at TWolvesEX. At TWolvesEX. So just in case, maybe you're hearing that for the first time. Because uh, the most recent episode had at Timberwolves Explosion for the Twitter. But I think most of the really, my uh, super close friends that have uh, been listening to it have uh, joined that one. But only a couple followers so far total. K-Man was, t- was uh, responding to me sounding kind of semi-annoyed a little bit. When I was saying, that was garbage, absolute garbage. I mean, how dumb can we look? That was at the end of the first half. I didn't even comment about that. Where, yeah. You... Have to call timeout. You run the clock down, and then you get a false start, and then you end up like going. You, know, you end up blowing it and punting and all that. It was terrible stuff at the end of the half. Some of the most ugly football I've ever seen. <laughs> a couple plays back to back. It was really dumb. K man, I think it's the first time he's actually ever replied and got into the conversation. He says, "Don't ask the question if you don't know the answer." Hashtag much dumber. So, yep, we can get much dumber. And I said, believe me, I know. I've been a fan for about 30 years. He says, me too, which is why I get it. Yep, yep. I hear you. So maybe he wasn't too mad. He's just kind of being sarcastic in a way. Mad Martin says, get to the 29 and go and go backwards. Unreal. Yep, that was the Vikings there when we were kind of approaching the red zone and went backwards. Yep. That was in the first half, of course, when the offense was just awful. Uh, he says, Mad Martin says, we've got... One, and we got one-on-ones as they stack the box, and we do jack. Yep, yep, we couldn't get anything going. Couldn't couldn't get the passing game going because they're stacking the box. You might as well pass, and that just didn't happen. Cousins could see that coming and drops the ball. Rule one, protect the ball. And K-Man responds to him as he was talk, kind of talking to both of us there. He says, again, he has done that his whole career. Nothing new to see here. <laughs> yep. yep, that was really something. Uh... Sam Gupta was just kind of liking a couple of those. Malcolm, California says, and of course Sam Gupta also from California, Malcolm says, our offense coming out of halftime this year has been ridiculously bad. And it was. The third quarter was terrible. Multiple fumble sixes that went to uh, Mr. Chin there of Carolina. I almost said Jacksonville, but that's next week. (laughs) Mad Martin, another Southern team that was. yeah, Yeah, Mad Martin says, we need to trade up and get Wilson F this season. Yep. That was my feelings at that time, especially around that time. Mad Martin continues saying, did you get my audio? Another shit-the-bed performance. Not by you, but by the Vikings at the time. Yeah, and of course, <laughs> but the Vikings somehow end up winning the game. It's kind of funny. I wish I did get the audio. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Maybe try again at some point, and we'll, we'll get them on the show. If it's two or three audios that go on at once, I, it's okay. You're more than welcome. You'll have the floor just for an extended period. That's all. Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to complain about it. And I can't imagine a single listener complaining. I think uh, I think everybody loves you. Honestly, everybody that listens to the show loves you when you come on. Uh, he continues saying, lose this game, and I think we can safely turn off life support. Yeah, because I was saying the season's on life support. Teams have figured out this, stack the box, and stop the run, and run the ball on us, that type of thing. Yeah, like they can run on us, we can't run on them. Yeah, yep. 
Yep, 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 yep. We were too reliant on it. I was saying can't disagree with that about the uh, F the season. It's on life support and it's not worth dealing with anymore. And that was his response. Looks like there's a couple of responses there. And it won't let me get to it. Isn't that just great when they do that crap? Let's see. Yep, yeah, uh, Man Martin was saying the O has been trash. Hell, we cannot even stop a three-man rush. Seriously? Yeah. Couldn't even stop that either, could we? Yeah. <laughs> It's it's been a rough season. It really has. Uh, Mad Martin said, "I will send it again." What a total pile of garbage this game has been. These types of games used to hurt, but at four and six, who the hell cares? They do deserve to lose this. And he said, <laughs> "Yeah, isn't that funny though? How it turned out. We still end up winning in a comeback. It's kind of crazy." And he was responding to what I was saying. I was saying that's as Minnesota as it gets when Chad Beebe fumbled that snap when we had a chance. We had a chance, and he fumbled the he fumbled the. The, the punt, and then luckily we were able to hold, I mean miraculously, seriously miraculously momentum after that, we were able to hold Carolina to a field goal, which kept us within six, I mean that was that was what won the game, honest to God, the defense won the game on that play, and then Kirk Cousins finished them off next time around, that was nice Mad Martin says, oh so true, a win we did not need bleeped up the draft completely now, yeah it's, <laughs> yep well, Kansas City wasn't that bad when they traded up for Patrick Mahomes, so there is that. And Green Bay had the 24th pick in the draft when they got Aaron Rodgers. That's just the hope, where you have to hope for something crazy like that. Uh, and, you know, sometimes the first pick in the draft isn't, isn't that good, or they magically get hurt like every freaking year for the Cincinnati Bengals, Detroit Lions, teams like that. Uh, sometimes that's just how it is. At Purple Mafia Show, that is the Twitter account, and I can't thank you guys enough for joining. Uh-huh. <laughs> Phil Mackey, I'm going to read this, and even though he's not talking to me necessarily. The outpouring this afternoon has been amazing for those of you thanking me for motivating Kirk Cousins to leading a late-game fourth-quarter comeback win. It truly has been my honor to lead the to be the lead Vikings motivator, motivator pardon me, as they claw their way back into playoff position, and he's laughing. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny, and, uh, well... That's the second one since, well, that's the first one since the Saints game last year. Uh, you know, it doesn't happen often enough. That's the problem. So those of you that are not really high on Kirk Cousins, I don't blame you. He puts up nice numbers. He's got a really nice throwing arm, and he actually ran for two first downs today, which is, I've never seen that, ever. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I if you If you truly believe... You can count on Kirk Cousins to lead you to a Super Bowl win. Uh, more power to you. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Just my opinion. I'm just too harsh, I guess. That's that Purple Mafia show. Let's go to the Facebook page. Vikings versus Panthers in-game thread is here. Let's see what people said about other things first. The most recent show. Any comments? Nope. Just shares and likes and stuff. People thought it was funny how I called last episode Chris and Chris suck. Well, yeah, they do. Uh, Adam Thielen, the latest players to play uh, on reserve on the reserve COVID list. That's what they call it. No comments, just some frustration in their likes or dislikes. Detroit Lions announced today that Bob Quinn, Bob Quinn, and Matt Patricia with a fire. That was yesterday afternoon, early afternoon. They uh, gave them their walking papers. Gerald String says probably one of the only teams that would be harder to remain loyal than the Vikings. Yeah, you know that would be hard to be like a loyal fan of the Detroit Lions. It just is what it is. 
Like I always say, when I first started watching football, it was 91-92, or about that. And I was like, this Lions team is really tough. <laughs> yeah, wow, D- Detroit's one of those dangerous teams out there. Yeah, Detroit's dangerous, huh? Well, well, during that time, they were. Not long after that, they weren't. They still had the running back that drove you crazy, named Barry Sanders, because he just couldn't bring him down, and he was all over the place. He'd go east-west, east-west, and then kablooey. Away he goes for like 85 yards. That was Barry Sanders. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how's the play been, though, uh, when it comes to other than Barry Sanders, especially after he retired? That was pretty much the end for the Lions, pretty much without just a, without a couple little head fakes here and there. That's been the story of the Lions. We'll look at the in-game thread a bit. There are a couple of very nice, long comments. Let's see what Dave Vicky says. You can blame the defense for the shit other than Kendrick's. The defensive, the defensive backs were shit again. I can't believe they won this game. And Mark Carlson says, now this is time for the Vikings defense to change the game. <laughs> and Brett McCarthy says, holy crap, BB redemption. And there definitely was. There really was. Brett McCarthy, thank you, thank you, thank you always. Uh, Mark Carlson says, wow, with a W. Come on, defense. Roger and Bowden says, oh, puts it up. He has uh, Jimmy Fallon putting his hand over his face. And there's Mike Dale. Out of the New York, out of New York State, not New York City, uh, he says, "Sorry, Joey, I'm not able to watch today's game." So, yep, he checked in. Basically, uh, last week he must have been busy. Also, understandable, leading into Thanksgiving week, and who knows what was going on? Yeah, we don't know. It's uh, personal stuff, I'm sure. Uh, sorry, Joey, I'm not able to watch today's game due to a prior engagement that I can't back out of. That said, I hope the Vikes can win today against an almost equally moderately poor opponent. (laughs) This season is on the brink, and another loss to a team we need to beat will surely mean the end of our playoff aspirations. Hopefully, the offense continues to play pretty well, and they continue to target Justin Jefferson. They did, thankfully. Uh, big Big time today. They hope they target him big time today to get last week's big drop jitters out of his system and not have him lose confidence. Wouldn't that suck? Hopefully, the defense doesn't hit our old buddy Teddy too hard, as I still have a soft spot for the guy. Yeah, me too, Mike. Uh, however, by the same token, I'm a little more worried that this young and work-in-progress defense will make him look too good. Here's to them, hopefully, pulling it out. Skull. And luckily, the defense did kind of save the day until Kirk Cousins took the Vikings on a, on a run. Packers lead 27-3. to It sounds like Packers versus Ponder which is pretty much what it is in Chicago right now. It's Packers versus Ponder in a different way. It's not in Chicago. It's versus Chicago. Yeah. Dave Hickey says, The offense is more than predictable than ever, especially with Thielen out. It's shortly after halftime, and they just gave up two touchdowns to Chin. Well, they took it on the chin. You know, that would have been that would have been the name of this episode if the Vikings ended up losing the game. They took it on the chin, taking it on the chin, something like that. But it would have been related to that. I mean, think about that. 14 points in like a couple of seconds. It reminds me of the 41 Donut New York Giants game. Two fumbles in a row, two touchdowns in a row. It's Giants 14, Vikings nothing with 13 minutes remaining in the first quarter. Oh, there's plenty of time remaining in the game. But I mean, that just takes the air right out of your sails. That takes the winds right out of your sails and the air right out of your tires and, and the blood right out. Yeah, it just kills you. That's what it does. <clears throat> Let's continue. They took it out of the chin, and it's probably going to be a knockout blow because Cousins without Thielen is not enough to bring them back. I'm not going to blame this on Cousins, though he has been putting the ball on the money, and he was awesome the whole game, and that's why he won the Tarkington Award. I was saying, hopefully that provides a momentum shift. That's when the Vikings got that interception on uh, Teddy, 
Kurt back. Actually, that was the blocked kick, blocked field goal. Kurt back says, ah, ha, ha, good one, Joe. <laughs> good one, Joe. Yep, that was Kurt out of Lakeville. I was saying, I know what you mean. It's pretty much on life support at best. Kurt back says, yeah, this ain't fun, but what are you going to do? Just keeps getting worser. <laughs> he likes to have fun with that. Uh, he likes to have fun with that. Yep, keeps getting worser. He likes to play redneck at times. It's funny. <laughs> awesome drive. Yep, that really was an awesome drive. And Kurt, Kurt back, I almost called him Kurt Cousins, says game over. Yep, that was that freaking fumble after that, right after that. Mark Carlson, yep, this is a very telling statement here. Man, where are all the fans? I, I miss real crowd noise. Yeah, isn't that depressing? It is very depressing. It really is. I was saying, oh, unbelievable how we're falling for our own. Yep, we, we fell for our own hard count. That was that was what it was. That's what the play was at the end of the half. Uh, BB jumped, which was just stupid. BB was on his way to getting a big-time uh, Ponder Memorial until he was really awesome in that final drive. That was as good as I've ever seen him play. Uh, you know, but again, he jumped on our own, on our hard count. We faked out our own receivers. It's just ridiculous. Ay, ay, ay. That's pretty embarrassing, actually. Uh, after that, yeah, it just, the offense continued to sputter and suck. And it was so frustrating. Yep, Roger and Bowden said ridiculous. And I agree. 1,000%. Uh, I was saying, what garbage, absolute garbage. That was that. That was after that. Yep, and Kirk says, exactly. I think... Yep, and I was saying, wow, that was bad. Yep, that was after uh, Mr. Boyd got burned in the 41-yard touchdown. Roger Inverden says, best punt return all year. Yep, 15 yards. Mark Carlson liked that one, that's for sure. Roger comes back and says, did they reset the play clock, or are we just inept? Yep, I was saying, cut, BB. <laughs> Roger says, we are winning and getting our butt kicked. That's what it felt like, didn't it? Here comes the kickoff. I'm too. Ex I'm excited to see Teddy on the field today. Says Mark Carlson. Roger says you've got to be kidding. Back-to-back -back defensive touchdowns. Yep. 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 Wish Ezra and Adam were playing. Mark says I'm now fighting on the sidelines. Wow. Did I just hear the TV announcers compare Jefferson to Moss? Yeah. He's having. Yeah. That's a big one. That's a big one, Mark. Because he's. His numbers are comparable at this moment. Is he as spectacular as Moss? No. Moss was the most spectacular rookie in NFL history. Uh, he, he truly was. The 98 Vikings were the most fun team to watch of all time. Uh, at least as a Viking fan. The 94 49ers must have been very enjoyable for that uh, franchise, for that fan base, because they just kicked everyone's ass that year. They really did. The 94 49ers were awesome. Uh, they were as good a team as I've ever seen. Uh, the... People don't talk about that team a whole lot, do they? But they just rolled through everybody because they had a good offense and good defense. And Steve Young was MVP that year. He was unbelievable. Uh, you know, teams like the 96 Packers, dare I say. They were they were pretty good that year. Uh, I, I'm sorry to say that, believe me. But <laughs> believe me, I'm sorry. 98 Broncos, 97 Broncos, awesome teams. Um, you know, okay, let's just keep moving. Kurt Back says, this is a real effing joke. See you next year, everyone. Okay, I might might like him again. <laughs> After a couple of moments there, Kurt's funny. He's saying, wow, hey, Joey, we thank you for your hard work and dedication, and I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much, Kurt. Uh, Mark Hall's at school, Paladino Joey. And Mike says, here, here. Oh, wow, that's weird. I must have responded twice. 
two different yep me and me joey awaijin and verbal mafia show that's funny i can't thank you guys enough and mike dale loved that one Kirk said Panthers defense is ranked 32, and we still can't run. Yeah, wasn't that ridiculous? We should have torched them today, but they, their defense was way better. We got to win the next two games to even have a chance for the playoffs. I love Jefferson. Worst game I've ever watched. Yeah, Kurt, it's like all over the place, because that's the kind of game it was. Mark Carlson says Jefferson's so amazing. We really got uh, lucky in that with that draft pick, didn't we? With that, he was able to fall that far. But uh, luckily, we were blessed enough and smart enough to take him. Post-game thread. Let's keep moving here. Mark Carlson out of Iwija, Purple Mafia legend, Hall of Fame, <laughs> says, I sure thought we were going to dominate. Then I wasn't sure we could even keep up. With two turnovers that that have... With two turnovers that gave away 14 points in about 10 seconds, and who would guess the Vikings would conduct a winning touchdown drive with less than two minutes? And that was a fun game to watch. Yeah, it was a fun second half, or at least, yeah. It was, there was a lot of momentum shifts in that second half, wasn't there? I must say both teams played very physical, that's for sure. Definitely some hard pushing and, and hits being felt out. Chad Beebe, what the hell can you say? It's football. Let's get a real punt and kick returner, though, because we lack on simple things like that. Our special teams players are killing us. I agree, they really are. Is it the coaching? Is it the players? Is it both? It must be both. We need a real kick returner. We do. Chicago's finally driving. Let's see if they can finally get one in the end zone. What are they on the two? Yeah. Two and a half, basically. Or the three, I guess. They're on the three. Woo. And, wow. Yeah. Oh, there's a flag. There's a flag. Defensive pass interference, I hope. Huh? 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 Okay, sorry. I'm just screwing around. I'll see what happens here in about 10 seconds. Mike Dale says, well, of course, it's a barn burner, and I missed most of it. Yep, that was an interference on Green Bay. I like it. Good. At least you got to watch the last, uh, at least I got to watch the last few minutes. Yes, good. Good to hear. When do you see this happen with Kirk marching down the field for the game-winning drive? Like once a year or so. <laughs> Joey, I know you're not the biggest fan of Chad Beebe, but geez, talk about an instant uh, atonement. Yeah. I'm a bigger fan now. Uh, he looked very solid. And you know what? For a moment like that, for him to stick with it and get the job done, he, he, you know, that's where you know football's in his blood. That's when you know football is in the guy's blood. There's no question about it because a lot of players would have shriveled up and, and died in that moment. Absolutely. Uh, five and six, says Mike Dale. Is there really a glimmer of hope for the playoffs? A playoff singular game that we'd probably get dumped on, out on our asses right away or... If we make the playoffs. Ah, well. It was fun catching the end of the game and see them not choking, pulling off a win, a rarity and a treat. It would be nice if we actually could do that consistently and, like, win like win a big-time moment. Mike Sullivan jumps in, and his location is unknown. It must be uh, in the same area as Mike Dale. Apparently, I think they know each other. I think they do. Uh, Mike Sullivan says... He responds to Mike. He says, are you a Vikings fan just because your ancestors were on the long ships? I don't think that's how it works. Interesting. The ancestors were on the long ships. <laughs> that's funny. Mike Dale says, ha-ha, nope. More like Minnesota, Minnesotan relatives and a minor case of masochism. Yeah. <laughs> and if they actually do win the Super Bowl, the, the unbelievable emotions that will take over in that moment. I mean, we're talking rivers of tears if the Vikings win the Super Bowl everywhere. I mean, it'll be rivers. It'll be an Amazon of tears 
There's no question about that. <laughs> I'm not kidding when I say that. If they actually won the Super Bowl, I mean, it will be tears everywhere. So anyway, are you a Vikings fan, Sully? Back to Mike Sullivan. Or just a bored stalker? Trust me, bud, I'm not that interesting. Whoa! -ho -ho! Mike Sullivan responds back with, Ouch, man. Maybe I have a boring news feed. Figured not many people other than you would get my nonsense of mixing sagas of the Norse and pro sports. The Norse isn't like the Vikings. That's interesting. The Norsemen. Uh, Mike Dale responds with, All good, brother. Dude, what are the Jets front office still doing with gays at the helm? Yep, that must be the New York area. It's beyond ridiculous now. Yeah, 11. 11 yep. And uh, he responds to me, says, Sorry to go off topic. My buddy is a Jets fan. And yeah, that's fine. So they do know each other. Who likes giving me stick and messing with it for being a New York Vikings fan? Not too many of us around here. Yep. I mean, there was one other a while ago. I don't know whatever happened to him. I think his name was Rami or something like that. And he disappeared. Bummer. That was years ago. Years ago. But, uh, yep. They're out there, but not that many, obviously. Just like they're, well, you know. I kind of like the Jets. I kind of like the Giants. I kind of have a soft spot for the Giants a bit during, especially during the uh, Eli Manning era. That was fun. It was cool how they derailed the Packers' uh, playoff hopes twice in both of their Super Bowl runs. They derailed a awesome Green Bay team in 2007. Unfortunately, Brett Favre's last game was that game. He threw that crucial interception, and then uh, New York got the ball and uh, wound up going to the Super Bowl with... Uh, Tom Coughlin's, uh, Tom Coughlin's uncovered face in that insanely cold weather. That's freezing, freezing wind where he might have been frostbitten to death that day. But he showed that toughness like, hey, guys, I know it's cold. I know you're dying in this cold, but look at me. Look at my face. I'm with you. Let's go. Let's beat these guys. And that's what happened, you know. And that was just one instance of it. And Eli Manning, despite all, the, you know, everybody thinking he's this dopey player who doesn't know how to do anything, he showed up in the moments that mattered most. You know, and that's what we need. I wish Kirk Cousins could be that kind of guy, but I don't know, like, uh, make fun of Kirk Cousins for all the dopey mistakes, but then all of a sudden, there he is in the big moments in the postseason, big games on the road, and leads the Vikings to World Championship, which would, again, have rivers of tears if the Vikings were to win that. Mike Sullivan says, still mostly the historical fun. Vikings are an innocuous team to me. I have no quarrel with them. Okay, well, yeah, they're in the opposite conference from the Jets. And Mike Dale responds with, ha ha, the pro that's the problem, man. Nobody has a quarrel with us. We're the 90s Bills in the 70s, before it was in vogue. I like these words, in vogue. Yep, <laughs> before it was in vogue. Yeah, we were the 90s Bills in the 70s, I guess. Both teams had pretty good defenses uh, and a very good quarterback. Uh, Jim Kelly and Francis Tarkington. Uh, Thurman Thomas was a hell of a running back. Chuck Borman was a damn good running back. Whew, boy, oh boy. The Vikings receivers didn't really come around until later on. Like the really talented ones like Sammy White and uh, Ahmad Rashad. But they were there. It's just the doggone sons of guns ran into dynasties. They ran into a dynasty of uh, the Dolphins after they went 16-0 and or 14-0 and and then 16-0 and with the playoff games leading into the Super Bowl, that kind of thing. Yeah, undefeated Dolphins team the year before. Dolphins went their, won their back-to-back -back game, so that was like a miniature dynasty. 
and then they ran into the new dynasty, the Steelers, the next year, and then they ran into the another, the next dynasty, the freaking Raiders. They were they were like a dynasty, but dominant team. They won a, they won multiple Super Bowls in a short stretch. I think they won three Super Bowls, so they were kind of a miniature dynasty as well in the uh, late seventies, early eighties. The La- Oakland Raiders, Oakland slash Los Angeles Raiders. Their third Super Bowl championship was in nineteen eighty three. Uh, I think those were all with Mr. Uh, because they did win three in that short era. I think it was like 76, 78, and 83, something like that. It was something like that. Um, Pretty sure 81 was San Francisco, right? Or was it 82? I think it was, yeah, it was 81, I think. I'm all over the place. But early 80s was San Francisco, and yeah, that was a pretty talented couple of teams in in Northern California back then, wasn't there? Until they moved to Southern Cal, the Raiders, for a short time. I think that's the end of the fan interaction. Mostly it was those guys talking, but that's okay. That's okay. A little back-and-forth conversation. Mike Dale went from invisible to dominant again. Cool. Gotta love Mike Dale. Gotta love it. Got to love it. No question about it. So the gold star for this episode, it's going to go to... It's all. It's tough. It's so tough. Is it going to be a three-peat for uh, Mad Martin? Yeah, I, oh man. <laughs> Mike Dale and Mad Martin, you're going to share the gold star. Yep, so it's like two guys that have been gold starring it every week. They're just unbelievable. <laughs> you're going to share it. Uh, and it's going to be, so that's going to be both in New York there. The next, it's going to be two silver stars in Iowa. <laughs> Dave Vicky and Mark Carlson are going to be sharing that one. And number three, the bronze star. Mike Sullivan, welcome to the to the page. I mean, hope, I don't know if he joined or whatever. He's just in a conversation. He's going to get at least an honorary bronze star at the very least for you know for joining in the conversation and making it entertaining and fun. Brett McCarthy's got to at least get a bronze star every show. He's always around. He's always helpful. I miss the Mayor Henrys. Come back, guys. Josh Mayor Henry, Justin Mayor Henry. Gosh, they went into the Hall of Fame last year and never see him anymore. Josh hung around. Justin just vanished. Ugh. It's like Hall of Fame and out they went. Can you believe that? Isn't that something depressing, isn't it? But that's that's the world today, I guess. People got to come and go, and then they come back again, which I'm sure they will someday. Maybe they're still listening right now, if I haven't bored them to death. Uh, uh, Malcolm's always great, spectacular, but wow, this is a long episode for just a win over the freaking Panthers, but I had a lot to say, I guess, tonight for some reason, and I, I missed you guys. I missed you. Yeah, I did, and I'm sure you missed me as well. Thank you so much for being a part of things. Please write a positive rating about Purple Mafia on the uh, on iTunes or Stitcher if you could. Please call in. Uh, just like uh, you know, uh, just all, all you do to do an audio submission, open any free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Open it, click record, treat it like a phone call, save it, send it to Paladino Live at yahoo.com. Paladino Live at yahoo.com. It will be in the show description along with the Twitter and Facebook accounts links as well. Thank you guys so much. Please write a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher if you could. I think I already said that. With that said, I better shut up and let you go. Thanks again. God bless. Hope you're enjoying the Christmas season, the beautiful lights and everything. Go for a nice drive out in the evening, regardless if it's cold or not. It's never long enough. Even though some of you might think it's too long, like starting too early or this or that, I think it's never too long. I could look at Christmas lights four months a year probably and not get sick of it. I love it. I, that's what I like. I, obviously, after Christmas is over, it's not as fun anymore. But as you know, it's over. Well, at least after the New Year's, and then it's totally over. With that said, I will now officially shut up. 
Let's prepare, get ready for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and hope guys stay healthy and keep playing well.